If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. What's up and welcome back to the Kind of Funny Games cast. As always, I'm Tim Geddes, joined by one of the coolest dudes in video games, Greg Miller. Hello, Tim. How are you? I'm doing very well, and I can't wait to talk to you about everything that's been going on today. And not just you. We also have the new face of video games, my 30 under 30 brothers in arms. Blessing, Adioye Jr. Uh, Tim, I have opened my uh, Blessing Super Fun Game Release Calendar 2022. Mm -hmm. And Tim, do you know what season it is? No. It's about to be review season. And I'm very excited, excited for I it. Like, we're a few weeks away for a lot happening. Something yeah, I thought it was even more, more clever, clever than that. Yeah. I thought no. it was something yeah. season yeah. or something. God no. of War season. The season, the season, of, the season of the Bandicoot or something. Yeah. Season of the Coot! <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. No, but it is about to be reviewed. Andy knows something about Coot right. season, don't you? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and joining us, I'm so sorry that you have to be here with us today. But it is the one and only Nitro Rifle, Andy Cortez. Hello, everybody. Great afternoon. Great afternoon. I played a lot of God of War on PC today. It's so good. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. I, I popped into that stream like as much as I could today. <sighs> and it is such a gorgeous game. And it's one of those things where I know it's running on PC. So I know it has the newfangled this and that or whatever. This is one of those rare times where it's not looking at a game being like, oh, man, this is how I remembered it looking from you know the 90s we're talking about a game from 2018 and not i'm not looking at it like this is how i remember it looking i'm looking at it like did it really look this fucking yeah good? yeah, yeah <laughs> holy dude. shit and like not only that i watched the uh the stranger fight in the beginning that you did god that game is incredible and i know oh someone's saying god of war 2018 is incredible the least hot take, take possibly take. have right <laughs> but i was shocked at how just impressive it all was like the score everything fit together with the one take camera like damn i didn't Am I remember to replay this shit tim i didn't remember the music being as consistently good like i guess i was just so enraptured by the visuals and the dialogue and the acting and everything that when you're kind of getting the full experience, oh my goodness, dude, this game just keeps on hitting. And it is just, I've got goosebumps the whole freaking time I'm playing this this game. It's got such an awesome intro. Yeah, oh, truly incredible, man. You can go check that out on youtube.com slash kind of funny plays. Andy playing through the first, uh, how long did you play? The whole first couple okay. hours? Uh, well, I started late because Greg put me on a special assignment. <laughs> So I was like, man, this is going to take a bit longer than I needed. So I played about an hour and a half, I'd say. Bear, yeah. show the assignment. Show the people Andy's amazing work here. Look at this. <laughs> the uncanny, uncanny Xbox. You nailed it. Crushed it. I'm so proud of you, Andy. It's perfect. Thank you. Thank it you. It really Greg. is. It really damn is. If, you, if you're an audio listener, get your ass over to the video version because there's some special shit going on. And this is a very special episode 
actually, of the Kind of Funny Games cast, uh, which, of course, is the show that we do every single week here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games, where we get together to talk about video games and all the things that we love about them. You can get it on YouTube or RoosterTeeth.com. You can also get it as a podcast. Just search your favorite podcast service for Kind of Funny Games cast. It will be right there for you. If you wanted to get the show ad-free, if you wanted to get it live as we record it, and if you want the exclusive post-show, you got to go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games, just like James Davis at James Davis makes. Praise Portello, Greg Miller's back and better than ever. Pranksy, Delaney Twinning, Tyler Ross, First Responder ND, Julian the Gluten Free Gamer, James Hastings, and Casey Andrew have all, Andrews have all done. We appreciate you all so very much. If you do not have bucks to toss our way, that's totally cool. When you're buying games over on the Epic Game Store, use our Epic Creator Code, kind of funny, on all Epic Store and Epic in game purchases like Rocket League and Fortnite to help support us. We appreciate that all so very, very much. A little bit of housekeeping for you. There is currently a podcast survey going on right now to help Rooster Teeth kind of understand the the user base the kind of funny has and all that stuff to get better ads and all that stuff uh so you can go to kind of funny.com slash podcast survey to help fill that out if you would so like we would appreciate that today we're brought to you by HelloFresh, but i'll get to all of that later greg this is one of those times where i am in just pure go mode when it comes to the the intro and i'm just like saying all the words sure i've been I feel like I fucked up the first URL I said. I think I said youtube.com slash kind of funny instead of kind of funny games. And Fuck, don't, whole... Guys, don't go to youtube.com slash kind of funny. You just no, give Nick, Nick Scarpino views and subs, no. and then he lauds us over. The fact that the games channel, and I get it. I fucking get it, all right? I'm Greg. I'm celebrating mm-hmm. 15 years doing this professionally, and I understand you all got introduced to me as an audio podcast. We see the audio numbers. The audio numbers are insane. The fact that it's year seven of Kind of Funny and Kind of Funny Games still hasn't taken over Kind of Funny is outrageous. Have you mm-hmm. seen the conversations Andy, Tim, Nick, and I have on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny? We're going to a sandwich. We're going to ruin Tim's birthday. That shit's outperforming Xbox? What are you talking about? <laughs> I just I just love it. But the, the point I was making is I thought I messed up the URL, and I couldn't stop thinking about the fact that I mad I missed the URL, sure. but I was still half – I was going. I was halfway through all the rigmarole. And I don't know what it says about me that I've done this so long that like I can simultaneously be thinking about that and worrying about it and just keep talking. And just like do the rest of it, but it here we are. Here we are. That's one way to put a pros, it. Pros, pro, uh, professionals, professional, right there. And you know what professionals, professionals do? Andy Cortez. What do they do? They're able to pivot at a moment's notice, and that's exactly Whoa. what we're doing today. We've been Whoa. looking forward to this episode for a long time. The 2022 video game predictions here are kind of funny. We're punting that shit because this is a once in a lifetime news story that dropped today. Xbox to require. Activision Blizzard. There was an amazing episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily. I recommend all of you go check that one out, uh, even if it's a little bit outdated by the time you're listening to it. That it was Greg and Gary Witta, but we had Dynamite Poppins from Blessing and from Paris. Whole bunch of cool people. Wow, what an amazing episode! So much news to talk about, so much going on. Here we are. I want to talk about it with you guys too, and I want to get Andy's thoughts. I want to get more Blessing thoughts, and of course, I want to delve even deeper with one greg miller uh you guys wrote a lot of questions in over uh on uh, the games daily reader mail stuff so we're going to get to some of that but really this is going to be an unstructured games cast more unstructured than normal even where it is just kind of a deep dive into all this stuff i'm kind of looking at it as a predictions episode of what is this going to mean but not a predictions episode in the way of like Let's let's try to beat each other and come up with numbers and predict what's actually going to happen. It's more about predicting 
potential futures. We're going to be the Doctor Strange in this situation, and we're going to like discuss the 14 million different options that might go on uh, because of this, of, of this news. Yeah, Greg, if yeah. somebody somehow missed the news because they were too busy rewatching the Cuphead Netflix trailer for the 17th Jesus time today. God, that shit yeah. looks good, though. Barrett, you see that? Barrett no. Gordon wants to No, I have not. Check right, the trailer it, out. Let's watch it together after this because I've not seen it either. Yo, uh, we'll do that in the post show. It is right. awesome. Mm-hmm. But moving on from that, Greg Miller, can you give us the top level update? Thank you. Thank you for this. Top level update. What happened this morning? Uh, this morning, Phil Spencer and Xbox announced that for $68.7 billion, they are buying Activision Blizzard. Uh, and the, I guess uh, more importantly for now, they have the intention to buy Activision Blizzard. Obviously, there's a bunch of legal uh, hurdles to clear still. And, you know, some people are already crying out for Monopoly. So we'll see how that goes. But the j- short version is for nearly $70 billion, uh, Microsoft has bought Activ- Activision Blizzard. So Call of Duty, Diablo, World of Warcraft, the Candy Crush and King and all those games, the list goes on. Uh, It is, you know, an outrageous statement to make. It is a statement that if you would have said and predicted it yesterday, you would have been called crazy. And here we are, uh, you know, embattled Activision Blizzard on, you know, hot on the heels of a lawsuit from the state of California for a frat boy culture, you know, Bobby Kotick as CEO, more uh, demonized rightfully so than ever. Uh, you know, we've had so many comments from Phil Spencer as recently as what last week, I feel, uh, or maybe it was even Monday. The time has now lost all meaning for sure, but having questions asked uh, of him about how they're going to handle Activision Blizzard and what do they do with the information. And of course, Phil had made a couple comments uh, early on the Activision Blizzard stuff saying basically like, we're evaluating how we do business with them. And, you know, I can't talk about it publicly, but privately that is happening. And we all did not know what that meant. And then you get to today and it finds out the way they are evaluating and changing is that they are buying the company and they will be able to do whatever they want with it. And uh, that's the thing right now, of course, is that, you know, for the behind the scenes business side of it, it's business as usual. They are operating independently. Uh, Bobby Kotick is still CEO of Activision Blizzard. But when the deal is finalized, Activision Blizzard will fold under the Xbox Game studios and phil will be at the top of that and all the executives uh, involved with activision blizzard will answer to him and you know officially there has not been a, a, a dynamite confirmation of i'm bobby kodak and i will not be with the company once this happens but all reports are pointing that direction where you know it is this whole thing of trying to pin down microsoft spokespersons and then stuff the wall street journal is getting off the record and back and forth and people talking that you know don't have the clearance to actually talk about it that's where you're at on that side of it, on the business side of it, on the game side of it. Uh, there's a bunch of other stuff happening, right? Where uh, today, this news drops. Today is also the day where NPD drops both for December and uh, for the year at large for 2021. And at the top of those lists, both times around, right? Call of Duty, showing what a property this is, why you'd want to buy this, why you'd want this company. Uh, you know, Phil has gone on the record in his his, his post as saying, like, you know, they're going to be bringing these games to Game Pass, right? Upon close, we will offer as many Activision Blizzard games as we can within Xbox Game Pass and PC Game Pass, both new titles and games from Activision Blizzard's incredible catalog. We also announced today that Game Pass is now has more than 25 million subscribers. As always, we look forward to continuing to add more value and great games to Game Pass. Let me stop you right there real quick, yeah. just because I think this is important context for, for everybody. 25 million Xbox Game Pass subscribers as of this year. The last time we got an update was last year, and it was at 18 million. 
So not only have we seen a 7 million, that's a ridiculous percent increase over the last year. We are now about to get an even bigger increase from all this stuff. Like these are just important numbers to keep in mind when we're talking about oh, what yeah. this all is going to mean, where this isn't a, oh man, things were stalling out. So they're doing this to like skyrocket. It is, they're going up. And now this is just going to continue to speed that up and snowball. Uh, you know, the other thing to toss in while we're on this conversation, of course, is that, you know, great, they're coming Xbox Game Pass. Will they be exclusive? Is that are we going the Bethesda route with these games, stuff, stuff like Starfield? Uh, so far, the best we have on that from Phil is from Bloomberg's Dina Bass, who tweeted out this statement and added it to our article, of course. But it's Phil Spencer. I'll just say... I'll- I'll just say to players out there who are playing Activision Blizzard games on Sony's platform, it's not our intent to pull communities away from that platform, and we remain committed to that, he said in the interview. Of course, uh, you know, we talked about this at length on Games Daily. Uh, We had Paris Lilly on there, of course, from the Kind of Funny X-Cast, and somebody who was obviously following so much of the Bethesda stuff when there was a debate of what is going to go on there. And at the time, uh, Paris had infamously said, you don't spend $7 billion to keep things the way they were when he's talking about Bethesda. Today, he reiterated that you don't spend $70 billion to keep things the way they are. I read into this quote of, it's not our intent to pull communities away from the platform. He's talking about people who are playing Call of Duty now. He's talking about Warzone players right now. He's talking about very specific games. I think you'd be going forward. Your new Call of Duties will be, once this deal is finalized, maybe even down the road a little bit, will be exclusive to Xbox. What does that mean for an ongoing platform like Warzone? I think they wouldn't just end it. I don't think they would just rip it away. I think it would be a Minecraft kind of situation. But that's what we'll be talking about, obviously, throughout this show. So I shouldn't even be doing that. Those are the facts, Jack. I think I I got you through the big ones there, Tim. Yeah, that was great. Now, with that, like before we get into even the broader conversation itself, I just want to have the conversation of, is this the biggest news in video game history? Because we're talking not just about, oh, a major acquisition, like even something like a Bethesda. We are talking about Activision, the creators of Call of Duty that are the, you know, highest selling game for a decade, blah, 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 all that stuff. Like I think back and I I saw uh, Roger worked on a great TikTok video. You can get on kind of funny games TikTok uh, this morning that was clipping out Greg and Gary talking about it, about is this the biggest day in kind of funny games daily history? Mm -hmm. And it got me kind of thinking back. And it's crazy because. You know, we've been doing this show since 2017 uh, and and thinking back into all the different times there's been news stories of episodes I've been on or not on. I would argue that the biggest news story I've ever been on was Xbox announcing Game Pass and announcing mm-hmm. that first party games were going to be coming to Game Pass day one. And that felt unreal back a couple years ago but here we are years in they they, they've proven it works and that that is the plan and yes that means that crackdown 3 is going to come day one but that also (laughs) means well watch out but back then (laughs) that's what that meant right it was that it was sea of thieves like uh expansion or whatever but like it was like okay cool but now we're years into that and we see that does mean forza horizon that does mean halo infinite that does mean xyz going forward right so that was crazy and then we get the xbox acquires bethesda news and we got to see the last year how that shook out and what that meant in terms of okay they're announcing the acquisition and a thing to keep in mind there bethesda was a privately traded pump company as opposed to activision which is publicly so whole different uh set of issues that they're gonna have to to deal with with all this another thing i wanted to say was uh in terms of when this plan is now or, or when the, the acquisition is supposed to be done and it's by fiscal year 2023 which would be june 30th 2023 so it would start as early as this july but as late as next end of june 
uh, that all this could actually like shake out before they're allowed to act as separate entities, Activision and Microsoft. So we shouldn't expect to see anything coming up too soon. But anyways, I'm, I'm already getting too far into this. Like the one, two, three punch of Game Pass announcing day one first party things, acquiring Bethesda, and then now acquiring Activision. I easily think this is the biggest piece of video game news I have been ever around to cover. Andy Cortez, so I'd love to hear from you. That we've been alive, or you mean professionally? I mean, I think both. Okay, just make sure extent, that we have the right, right guidelines for what we're talking about. I'd, yeah. I'd easily say both, Tim. Yeah, I think you're right about that, because not. I think it's one thing to just mention Bethesda and Blizzard, Activision Blizzard, but you immediately think of all of the gigantic properties underneath those umbrellas. This isn't just Call of Duty and a handful of other games <laughs> or IP. This, this is Call of Duty and this is StarCraft and World of Warcraft and uh, Overwatch and everything Blizzard that, you know, all of the hard... I mean, there's a... BlizzCon is a thing for a reason and there's a hardcore fan base there. Uh, yeah, this has got to be it. This has got to be the biggest news in video game history. Um, I immediately, I mean, first off, Phil Spencer, you took my prediction for uh, that was going to be my prediction, Tim. I was going to say, I was going to say Xbox is going to buy Activision Blizzard, everybody. So I guess I get a point for that anyway. When if we, we were going to stick with it, if we were going to stick with this being our yearly predictions, yeah. I was going to open with. Well, you know, Tim, we're recording this on Monday. <laughs> just be like, I think, I think, I think Microsoft's going to buy just Blizzard, not Activision. No, I'll be a hundred percent honest with you. My my prediction, one of my predictions, is going to be that Bobby Kotick is going to be out this year, yeah, yeah for and sure. that will obviously we've heard the rumors that that's going to be taking place whenever the deal is done in twenty twenty three. Um, so it might be this year. It, it, it could be this year. You're right. You're right. It could be this year. And uh, I, I just want to I want to comment on that first and kind of get that out of the way, because we talked about it a bit before, uh, I guess, before Games Daily, when we were reacting to the Moon Knight trailer earlier. Moon and, and I, uh, I I know a lot of people's immediate thoughts are, well, fuck him. He's getting paid. There really is no justice. And I. While I agree that a rich guy is going to get even richer, I think it'd be a lot more of a gut punch if Bobby Kotick was making 300000 a year and was a terrible dirtbag, awful human being, and now he's going to make multi-millions a year because of this deal. Like, I think that would be an even bigger gut punch. But to me, it's like, look, whatever they have to do to get him out of there and ensure that these employees are going to have a place to work at where they don't hate their workplace and they don't hate who's who their bosses are and they don't dread going to work and f wondering what's the next thing I have to deal with today I just want to make art I just want to make a game and have fun whatever they had to do like I'm I'm with it and to me it's like an ultra rich guy got even richer like okay I can't yeah. even comprehend the numbers of like 
well, he's worth eight billion now, and now he's gonna have twenty billion. It's like, okay, well, f- he's still fucking filthy rich. Like I mean, to, to that point, he's still think, an awful human being. You know, I, I think this story is filled with so many pros and cons of it, and I, yeah. I think Greg made a good statement during KHD that like. You know, like the, there, are, there are so many different like takes and opinions and, and reactions out there, right? And so many people are like, this is bad, or so many people are like, this is good. And as people who are reporting on, on this as news, right? Like, you can't help but to look at this and go, this is crazy. Like, this is wild. I can't believe this is happening. And I think when you start to pick things apart, I can understand any which way people take it in terms of the Bobby Kotick thing, right? I totally understand why people would be upset that he's getting, that he's going to leave with this huge payout and get hundreds of million, millions of dollars. But I also understand, like, when I tweeted out this morning, right? I quote, tweeted the uh, i think nibel took a screenshot of the wall street journal article where they had the the off the record stuff saying that yeah bobby kotick is going to leave going to leave when this deal finalizes and i took that as good news for me because i was like okay cool that does mean exactly what you're talking about andy that people that are currently working at activision blizzard don't have to worry about this guy being at the top of the company at a certain point he's going to leave and that is i think good news for the uh, employees is it good news for bobby kotick in his pockets as well yeah, and that is the unfortunate side of it. Um, but yeah, there's so there, th- I think there's also way more we can look at in terms of like corporate consolidation and how shady and scary that can be. But then you look at the wh- how it frees up studios creatively to kind of do what they want to do as opposed to every single Activision studio working on Call of Duty. And again, there are so many different things we can pick apart in terms of it's, this being good news and this being bad news. Yeah, right. You said it was the worst good news and the best bad news or something like that. Yeah. That's how it was going through. And it's it's accurate yeah but it's also one of those things that and i you know hate to be a naysayer about it or you know a dose of reality but this is how it was always going to end for bobby kodak right even if he was removed by the shareholders he still has a golden parachute that's corporate america right like unless it was they found him like trafficking drugs or straight up murdering people and there was going to be like a legal legal thing which there wasn't going to be right he's just a shitty person not a murderer like this is how it was going to shake out. And so I think you have to, as you already said, like poignantly, right, is like focus on, all right, cool, we're getting what we want and we're getting what we want for the people who work at Activision Blizzard. So hopefully that a new regime comes in and straightens things out and makes it so you're not ashamed to work there. So you're not launching games and feeling terrible because there's an audience that is like, well, shit, should I even buy this? Should I even play this? I don't want to do this. Or you talk about it and there's just, uh, before you can even critically now talk about a game, you see it torn down by the fact that, you know, the parent company is so awful. And this is the thing we talk about all the time of bad, bad, not badass, bad parent companies equaling ass decisions that then, you know, roll back down on the very workers that are the ones being abused. Can you imagine if Phil Spencer not only did all this acquisition stuff and said, hey, devs, I promise a bright future for everybody involved. And also, I know why Bobby Kotick was on Jeffrey Epstein's Black Book. Like, oh, my gosh. He would just be the god of all gods. <laughs> Phil Spencer. I'm, bl- I'm blowing maybe. it wide open. Was he in the Black yeah. Book? Was Bobby Kotick on this guy's Black Book? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. All right, so, maybe he was just a horrible fucking. Maybe, <laughs> maybe there is a legal thing going on. There. I don't know. Yeah. Jump, jumping off of what kind of what you're just saying there, Andy, about like bringing Phil into this, I think it's a, a extremely important like aspect of all this that despite Activision Blizzard's whole situation in the last year being in the same way that I just started the show saying like is today the biggest news in video game history. Like I think that what happened last year was not one news story, but kind of just the worst year in video game history yeah. in terms of news stories. And like that all is, you know, it's everywhere in the industry in different ways, but there is no bigger example of it at its worst than Activision Blizzard and every and Bobby Kodak and everything that we've been talking about. And for 
Xbox and Microsoft to, you know, there's two ways to look at it. Of course, there's always the, it's about the money. And at the end of the day, yes, it is about the money, but the money comes from the creation of these things and the understanding of these things and who is creating and understanding these things, I think is very important. And I think when you look at the team at Microsoft over the last decade, the last five years specifically, we've seen them make the, take the right steps. We've seen them like, look at what their leadership looks like, what their teams look like, like they're and, and sound like and where they come from and their, their focus on accessibility and all this stuff that, you can easily look at and be like, oh, they're just doing that because that's like the hot topic of the moment to get the brownie points. But like, I think deeper than that, there is an actual real desire to change the direction of the, the, the ships and to make sure that the gaming industry is vibrant and, and going to be building a new foundation, I guess is kind of what I'm saying. And I just think it's a, a bold move to make this acquisition at this time with Kodak being where he is and with Phil Spencer being where he is, it is putting a target on Phil Spencer. And I see them promoting Phil Spencer to CEO of Microsoft gaming. Like think about that title. Think about the power that that has. This shows that they have a level of trust in him across the board that he can take this and he is the guy. And of course he's not doing it alone, but he is the face. He is the one on the blog post. He is the one that you know, reading between the lines on this is being like, yeah, I'm taking this problem on and we're going to try our best to fix it. And I think that that is so incredibly powerful for where the industry is at as a whole that, yeah, sure. Take the IP, take all the games and take all that stuff. That's all important. And we're going to talk a lot about that. But I think that this does signify Microsoft believing that not only is Game Pass the future and all that stuff, that a safe culture at workplace in games industry positions is the future and needs to be the present and i think that they've done a very good job building it could be better of course could be better blah 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 i really think that it's in the right hands and this is a very 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 significant step forward Andy, you had your hand raised so yeah totally agree with everything you're saying i i don't i don't want this to come off as if you know we are worshiping the giant corporation i we're just worshiping phil spencer just worshiping phil spencer (laughs) (laughs) no i think in the same way that what ea did with their ea originals and how they made it really easy for indie devs to kind of make games and get them published and make money and not feel like they're getting screwed out by the publisher i think microsoft has made a lot of comparable moves that Sure, all of this is still about money at the at the end of the day, but some of these moves are, are are choices that are likely making them a bit less money than they could have made had they gone the other way with it. Had they choo- chosen to go with the way that was maybe the more exploitative um, loot box angle, like, you know, there's a lot of stuff that Microsoft has done in the past that Sure, it still made them money, but it isn't like the thing that they are banking on or whatever. It's more of a service like the accessibility stuff that they've been doing. Those are all little additive things that I think just earn the public's trust more for, you know, hey, we are giant corporation. We're not 100% evil, all right? We're, we, <laughs> we believe in gaming as, uh, as something that's meant to be fun and something that a lot of people should be able to do. And here's what we're trying to do with it. And I can't think of any better group than to be taking over something this negative. And I've, I haven't really felt excited for a culture change. I can't imagine 
working there, right? Like, I, I think we still need to hear from a lot of Blizzard employees about this, but it seems like a pretty, from my perspective, a pretty exciting day to say, hey, this is kind of like, hopefully, the, the dawn of a new day. Yeah, and I think Bless. to bounce off of that, too, like, I, I think a lot of times when we're talking about my, Microsoft as a corporation or these big companies as corporations, we a lot of times forget that these are corporations filled with people at the ground level who are putting in the work in order to make sure that the products that they're putting out are are good and do support a uh, like a, a positive outcome in something like the uh, correct me if I'm wrong is, is it called the adaptive controller the the Xbox correct. controller that sure. uh, is really good for accessibility right like that was a project that a person or a team of people took on that Microsoft took and propped up as oh man this is really good oh man this is actually something that we should promote you know and it could be for the brownie points why the corporation promotes it in that way but it is a team of people that actually works on that and actually puts it out right when you look at Forza and the accessibility stuff there and the sign language stuff that they implemented it wasn't like you know Microsoft from the from the top it wasn't like a the CEO right looked down and was like all right put this put this thing in Forza it's like no the Forza team was like hey how do we make games better how do we make our games better and the people that actually work on the games on the actually develop on the creative and the development level are way different from the people up top who may or may not be in it just for the money or who may may or may not care as much as the people on that ground level but uh i think that's something that's wor worth pointing out we're talking about culture change and culture shift and yeah that was one of the first things that i know i and i'm sure many people thought about when it came to the acquisition of oh is this going to fix things at activision blizzard and i think to some extent with Bobby Kotick uh, uh, going away when this finalizes and with them being under uh, a company that as far as we understand, as far as we can perceive, seems like it's going to it's going to have a better culture than than Activision Blizzard. It's hard to confirm any of this because none of us work at Microsoft. And of course, I'm sure every single big corporation has their problems and is going to like as much as they're probably going to shed a lot of the core Activision Blizzard issues. They're going to go into Microsoft and probably adopt some of those issues as well, whatever exists there that we may or may not be aware of. I, t I, I, I do think it's still a thing worth celebrating and looking at as a, hey, okay, well, at the very least, right, we could see uh, uh, the accessibility features that we've seen bleed into Microsoft stuff, bleed into the Activision Blizzard stuff as well. To shift it back to Tim's original question of, is this the biggest video game news ever? I uh, we recently did an episode of KFGD uh, and it was the last episode actually of 2021. It was me and Janet and the headline was what was the biggest news story of the year? And everybody was pretty much in agreement that the biggest news story of last year were the Activision Blizzard happenings, right? The 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 ongoing story of it, the updates of it, the Bobby Kotick stuff, the uh the other the the, the other like lead developer and higher higher up stuff that was going down at Activision Blizzard and the protests and that whole story packaged up. In 2020, when I first, you know, started doing uh, when I first joined Kind of Funny and was on KHG and stuff, toward the end of the year, I had the thought of Oh, what was the biggest news story of 2020? And I, th I think it's split between E3 getting canceled that year, and then also Microsoft acquiring Bethesda. And you go further back, and it is Tim bringing up the uh, hey, first party games coming to Xbox Game Pass. How big of a deal that was. And in a way, I feel like this news story is such a convergence of pretty much all of the biggest news stories that we've gotten over maybe the last decade of gaming and the journey that Microsoft and Xbox specifically has gone through since launching the Xbox One. I, I jokingly put in a tweet 
uh, or not even a tweet. I jokingly uh, uh, linked a video in the PS Love You Slack of the the it was Shuhei Yoshida and Adam Boys doing the how you share your games on PlayStation thing, and the joke I put in the PS Love You tw- uh, uh, Slack was like. Oh man, like uh, actually, I forget what exactly the joke was, but it was some, something along the lines of like, "Oh man, yeah. like this probably pissed off Microsoft." Essentially, like yeah, you Microsoft said, uh, sees convinced this. this video is the cause of all of this. Yeah, I'm convinced this video is the cause of all of this, being that like, yo, 2013, Microsoft and Xbox got their asses handed to them, and they had to turn around and really look at themselves and go, "How do we evolve as a company, and how do we make ourselves better?" And I think with that, with Phil Spencer uh, uh, attaining his role. And with them having to make the big money move, like the literal big money moves to get where they're at now, this feels like such a, like, I don't like, a, I guess a, a victory lap. If it, 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 even beyond that, right, it feels almost like a checkmate or at least a big, a gigantic check in, a, in well, a chess game where it is like down to the wire at this point. What I find fascinating about this acquisition and this move, uh, again, and it is, I agree with you that context is everything. And I think in general, on paper, you say, hey, Xbox buys Activision. You're like, holy shit, that's a huge news story. But it is this wrapped up, the fact that they're coming in off of this move to try to get rid of Bobby Kodak, this move uh, from the state of California suing them and outing all their dirty laundry, Uh, this move of what Game Pass has become on the heels, you know, a year later of the Bethesda stuff or more than that. Like you have a, a, a story that continues to build here. What I find interesting about this acquisition versus Bethesda is that when they acquired Bethesda and we had the whole debate at the time of, is this stuff going to be exclusive? What's it mean? Yada, yada, yada. It was still, all right, cool. They're getting more bullets and putting them in the clip. They're getting ready to start when it was, but it was still, when is the hammer going to drop? When are we going to start to see results from it? And so for them to get Activision now to start talking, us to start talking about 2023, to talk about call of duty, suddenly it's more real. When you look at the fact that Forza is a game of year contender, Halo uh, Infinite uh, went above people's expectations and became a game everybody loved, right? Uh, The fact that Psychonauts 2 is a game of the year contender, granted, multi-platform, I know. Uh, The fact that you look at what Game Pass is for this month in general, where I already had this conversation of how insane uh, Game Pass is this month before they announced Death's Door, right, being part of it, before before the release of, uh, uh, I want to say Guacamelee, the new game from Drinkbox, they just announced it, Nobody Saves the World. And then to look down the pipe and be like, cool, in November, you're getting Starfield and you can't get that anywhere else. Like the acquisitions and moves Phil and team have made since they became Xbox and since they, you know, started dusting themselves off and took power after Xbox One, the launch of it, you're starting to see that uh, tree bear fruit. And that is changing the conversation in a way that's very interesting. It is no longer hypothetical of what we're going to get from Game Pass and Xbox. Now we're seeing it. And dude, with that, like you, you bring it up the context. I think it's in- incredibly important. Rare was acquired by Microsoft in 2002, and and shout to blessings Jeff Force Gemini uh, hoodie. But uh, that's crazy to think about because to me, that was my first time as a fan back in 2002. Obviously, I was in middle school. Uh, I was shocked by this news, and I remember hearing this. But like, it was one of the first ever like gaming acquisition things where I'm like, "Whoa, this changes everything!" Because all yeah. of a sudden, this company that for years, and especially leading into that, had created some of the best games of all time at that time uh, on the Super Nintendo and N64 in the form of you know the Donkey Kong Country games, then moving on to to you know GoldenEye, Perfect Dark, and all that on the N64 to then be acquired by Microsoft when Xbox was brand new, fresh out the gate. 
they were the Halo guys. And that was pretty much all they did. And then to see them squander rare yeah. in there for generations, right? Like to to not have a good perfect dark, to have cameo come out, to have uh whatever banjo kazooie game, nuts and bolts, like, and then just blah blah blah. But then Sea of Thieves, and then you know we're getting eventually whatever. <laughs> the, what was it called? Everwild. If we do whatever, but Rare's been like, okay, it's not what it used to be, but they're got a changing good scoop it. on that one. By the way, got a great oh, scoop actually, can't wait, can't wait. That's your prediction for a couple weeks where we do the prediction <laughs> topics. Uh, but going from that Xbox, and obviously it's a very different time, and we're multi generations in. Xbox means something totally different, and what it means now is Game Pass, and that means 25 million active subscribers on this system that is working. That we've questioned and we've talked about. We went from questioning, questioning, how is this working? How is this working? To being like, this is the best deal. I guess it must be working for them because they're pushing it hard to now seeing it's like, okay, there's been enough interviews. There's been enough data out there to, to back up the fact that not only is it working, but they truly believe that it is the way of the future of this industry. And they're like, get in, we're going. And they've proven with Bethesda. They've proven with their first parties, like with Greg bringing up Forza being a game of the year. That's a very different Xbox that we're dealing with. And they're prepared for this. And what excites me about this uh, is the idea that for years, Activision, the last three years, it's just been punch after punch after punch to things I love, seeing what happened to Vicarious Vision, seeing what happened to Toys for Bob, seeing what happened to Beanox, all of these super talented teams putting out some of the best work in their careers, in their franchises, in the form of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, remake and crash bandicoot remakes but in addition to that a brand new crash game and then what's the reward for that oh you get to work on call of duty this represents a second chance and it's going to take a long time to to even see what that ends up turning into but i love that with everything we just said the context of where we're at now is microsoft understands the power of autonomy for these studios and when they show when they talk about this today it's phil spencer now ceo of of microsoft gaming he is talking about these different teams and he isn't just talking about activision blizzard like he's talking about treyarch and raven and high moon and Beanox and infinity ward and blah 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 now alongside all the different companies from bethesda alongside what we know as xbox game studios to eventually just be all xbox game studios teams i'm so incredibly interested two years from now what that means for these specific teams and what they're working on what it means for the ip that they own because of course we're still going to need multiple teams working on call of duty because of how big that beast is there's so much money there is that multi-plat is blah 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 so many questions so many things we'll have to find out and see but i am so interested in the idea that we are now in a world that two years from now toys for bob could be working on a banjo kazooie remake that's fucking cool Here's yeah. a question I have, though, is that, you know, we were talking about, and I think Blessing was the one who was talking about, you know, celebrating the fact that Activision, as from a worker perspective, is underneath Xbox, right? Like, you can, they can celebrate it, uh, we can celebrate it. It seems like at least a good move compared to a bad situation they were already in. Overall, do you guys celebrate this thing? Because this has been the conversation going around, right? Of like, it, there's the hot take knee jerk reactions that started at 6 a.m. and haven't stopped of, cool 
Is this cool? It, we are they are taking away games from PlayStation players, right? The, it's more. What is this? And not even getting into what does it mean for PlayStation? What does it mean for the person who already invested in this? Is exclusivity ever good? Uh, so on and so forth and stuff like that. Uh, Jeff Keighley, you know, six hours ago, put up a poll: Is the Activision Blizzard deal with Xbox good for gaming in your eyes? It's got seventeen hours left, but right now the poll looks like this: Yes, at forty point four percent. Behind that is not sure yet, thirty three point four percent, and then no at twenty six point two percent. Andy, an is this is this worth? Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. But before Andy answers that, let me tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. Sticking to your New Year's resolutions can be hard, but if you're focusing on saving money by ordering less takeout, learning to cook, or prioritizing your wellness, smashing your goals is a piece of cake with HelloFresh. HelloFresh has endless options to make cooking at home simple and enjoyable by delivering pre-portioned ingredients to your door, including farm-fresh produce that arrives within a week. HelloFresh has 50 menu and market items to choose from every single week, including some more family-friendly or gourmet choices. Uh, Kevin Coelho, Paula Coelho, they've been loving HelloFresh. They, of course, Paula, being a vegetarian, like the options of having the vegetarian stuff, and they've been having some fantastic meals over there in their Coelho household. Go to HelloFresh.com slash KindaFunny16 and use code KindaFunny16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. That's HelloFresh.com slash KindaFunny16 and use code KindaFunny16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Go for it, Andy. Looks like the poll nailed it, everybody. No more, no questions. <laughs> no questions. <laughs> Andy's like, "What's popular opinion?" I'll go with that. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't love the future of having just of everybody buying up exclusives. I've never liked that. I, I did kind of feel good when Xbox bought Bethesda because it felt like a fighting punch back at what Sony had been doing with a lot of. Um, with, with you know, with Avengers getting Spider Man only, and uh, sure. also just Sony having the Spider Man game and it being a really damn good game. Right. So when Xbox ended up acquiring Bethesda, I was like, hey, you know what? Good for Xbox. You know, they're they're. I feel like this is maybe taking it a little too far. <laughs> right. That's how you felt with the Bethesda part, <laughs> especially when we're talking about a game as ubiquitous as Call of Duty and this and the amount of mo- units that that sells, right? We're not talking about, like, people aren't going to freak out that they can't play um, ukulele on, <laughs> or, or what, I don't know. I'm just trying to think, like, some weird exclusive that you would only get on, uh, that you would have gotten multi-platform, and now you're only going to be able to get it on Xbox now. This is Call of Duty. This is something that is a juggernaut and sells millions and millions of units every year. I think if they could find a way and figure out a way, like we've mentioned already, with keeping Warzone this multi-platform game and maybe only putting this offering out on on Xbox or whatever, like, you know, whatever the yearly Call of Duty game is that year. I think if they could figure out a way to make it feel not shitty, I'll be okay with it. But until then, I'm kind of I am kind of worried about the PlayStation fan base and them losing out on, you know, not being able to play the next Overwatch, not being able to play the next. um, Well, I guess when I think of Starcraft and Warcraft, those are definitely PC games, but. It's yeah, it's definitely I mean, something I, to worry as about. As I talked to Gary about today, like I definitely think that'll be something they push forward with. Of all right, cool. Now that you know we own you guys, and obviously Game Pass is there's PC Game Pass. I do think you'll see them really push on getting those games on Xbox and try to open it up that like, way. Sure, you could pay sixty bucks to get it on 
PlayStation or you just get it with Xbox or whatever. You get it with Game Pass. Well, I just mean getting PC like stuff like StarCraft onto Xbox. I don't mean yeah. uh, I think Xbox. I think PlayStation's out in the cold. I don't think they'll do that for sure. Got it. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. It does. It does feel not great at the beginning. And now selfishly, I go save Overwatch 2. Here we go, baby. Like, fi- mm-hmm. like we're back. Hire back Jeff Kaplan and let's save Overwatch 2, make Overwatch great again. And I'm selfishly, that's immediately the first thing I thought of. Um, but yeah, of course you start to worry about and wonder about what this ultimately changes for the industry. Yeah, it's really interesting to me because like I, I don't think this is going to be a surprise to most people that know me, but I know this isn't going to garner a lot of respect from people. But that's okay because my opinion is this is great. Like if this were someone else, I think it'd be a lot more problematic. But like, again, everything I've said, like Microsoft have proven they give a shit and they care. And this reminds me a lot of the Disney buying Fox stuff and what that actually means. Where is there a lot of problem? problematic elements with this absolutely anything you look at there's cons and there's going to be pros but to go with that example what kevin feige has done and proven to do with the mcu is that with people that care and that put things in the right hands we're not getting what we get on the dc side with warner brothers with all of the the horrible workplace stuff and whatever and also the the products quality kind of being all over the place that we get there we get a cohesive vision of people that care in a pipeline for people that care and love these products that they're making because at the end of the day whether it's video games or movies these are products we're talking about with people that make them so if people are being supported to make the products that they want to make for people that want to consume them i think that that's only a good thing and if this allows more of those products to be made and make more people more money while getting more people the ability to play them i think that that's great especially because we're not talking about there being this gobbled up every single person's in one boat this is still Microsoft, like uh, a very interesting thing that uh, Daniel Ahmad was tweeting about is the top five gaming companies right now w- in mm-hmm. terms of, of money, where Tencent is at a little under $30 billion, uh, Sony at $22 billion, Nintendo at 15 and Microsoft at 13 and the NetEase at 8 Those numbers are really interesting to me because I wouldn't necessarily have pegged Sony at number two despite it being PlayStation, just because of, of all the mobile game stuff and all the blah, blah, blah. When you talk about Tencent and all that, an interesting thing there, though, is Microsoft and Activision deal put together, uh, they would come in at number three at $21.9 billion, uh, but still behind Sony, despite all of this with the- Activision. Like, that's kind of surprising when you really start looking at the realities of what this means. And the other side of that is the realities are Xbox, acquiring activision is going to allow so many more people to be able to play these games because of game pass whether it's on a uh series x a series s which is another option they have or i've been saying this for years the inevitable dongle they're going to sell for 50 dollars to make any smart tv be able to play these games for dollars a month like there's so much good here that of course there's cons but i think that that all combined with the fact that this is going to give franchises and ip that are owned by activision that aren't call of duty a chance to exist is a great thing and to andy's point warzone's still going to be everywhere the yeah, I, the inevitable snarky comment that i had when phil spencer is on his earnings or, or on this call and saying i'm really excited about today's news everybody 
with this acquisition, we are now the third behind Tencent and Sony. And I was like, damn, still? <laughs> like, <what the> <laughs> uh, that's all I had to say. I d- immediately I thought like, oh, damn. All right. Like, damn. Shit. What's still third doing? place, huh? <laughs> huh? Man, that's, 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 like, that's like when you get like four third and you're 30 and you tell your parents and they're like, Oh, cool. So, like, you a doctor yet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't happen to me. But, like, it's still 29 of us. It's like, damn, 30 and 30. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, for me, I, I see this as a bad thing. And it, it's tough because when you ask the question of, is this overall good or bad? We're talking about so many things happening at once with this mm-hmm. acquisition, right? We're talking about what's happening with Bobby Kotick. We're talking about the games. We're talking about the studios. We're talking about so much. And, I don't think it's 100% good or bad, right? I think there are so many good things that do come with this acquisition, but I still come out on the other side of it going, corporate consolidation overall as a whole, I think is scary. And I do think it's bad for for the industry because we talk about right now, right now, Xbox, eh, Xbox being led by Phil Spencer is a thing that I think generally we like and generally a thing that we believe in and we appreciate their approach right now. But we don't know that that's always going to be the case. We don't know what Xbox looks like 10 years from now. And at any point, things could change and Xbox could turn into a company that does things in a way where we're like, oh, that's shitty. Oh, the cult, like the culture there now sucks. Oh, Phil Spencer leaves, somebody else takes over. And oh, now the, now the whole strategy changes. And I think that's the thing that's very possible. I think that's, a, I think that's, that's the thing that exists. Uh, I love the clip that Barrett just pulled up of the clip from Parks and Rec of the, what was it, uh, Barrett, Verizon, Exxon? Chipotle. Yeah. Chipotle. I think it's a, I think it, to be verzatil. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a thing that I think it is very scary uh, on the business side of it, and you know, it now it just now means that there is more more IP and more companies and more I guess like big organizations and brands under this one corporation that has control over how those operate and like removed from the context removed from like the idea of it being microsoft and it being activision blizzard and activision blizzard already being a company that was shaking and having having issues i do think it leads to less creativity and less freedom in terms of the different kinds of games we can get the different ways we can see uh, see games appear on different platforms what you can what you can do with certain things when you look at the context of it being activision blizzard and microsoft you get less fearful about it but i do i do still in my gut just don't like corporate consolidation in this way that said, I do look at the IP and I do look at the studios and I get excited for the idea of Call of Duty maybe not having to be yearly or call it, or uh, not every single Activision uh, studio having to work on Call of Duty. Being right? a support what, team, yeah. Yeah, like being a support team or what Andy said of like Overwatch 2 possibly being saved, right? Like these are all these are all things that are reality and I have a page up uh, that is like a VGC article that went up this morning because like they're thinking in three dimensions, right? Like they have an article that is uh, a list of every single Activision Blizzard IP that that uh, they own that now Xbox owns, right? And they just have, it's bullet points and I'm looking through and there's a, there's a lot of IP here, most of which that like, I'm sure most of us don't really care about too deeply. Like how how many of us are out here being like, oh, Microsoft put out Prototype or put out Singularity or, you know, Soldier of Fortune or whatever. But, but they you, might. That That's is, the thing, though. They that might. Is the, and Activision that is, wouldn't have. That is the thing is that Activision wouldn't have. And also now we are looking back at things like Tony Hawk. We're looking back at things like Spyro the Dragon. Sekiro, like baby! And Guitar Hero, right? And all these other, all these other IP that... Zora can now be worked on by the Activision studios that get freed up or even by Microsoft studios that are already there, but that's the studios, right? You have that freedom to switch switch and mix things around in the way where when Bethesda first got bought by Microsoft, the question on our minds was, oh, is Obsidian going to make New Vegas too? Even though they're not, like that was a possibility, right? If they right. wanted to do that, they mm-hmm. could do that. Mm-hmm. Now, like you have all these other studios and if Rare, get, if Rare isn't able to get Everwild off the ground, 
could rare make a crash game or a spiral game like these are things that are fucking possible now and i think that's pretty insane a negative thing about it that i immediately think of is damn it sucks that this is what it took for us to feel better about these employees like this drastic of a thing is what it took to feel better about people working in and working comfortably and not feeling like they're constantly under threat and worried about their futures in the industry because they have terrible people working above them and we go oh yeah hell yeah like now they're gonna hopefully this changes the work culture but it sucks that this is what it took for to just kind of buy people out and hopefully we say all right go away please yeah it's like it's such a drastic ass thing um but i i i on the plus side like what blessing and tim have already mentioned I do hope that they were able to look at all these studios that are essentially Call of Duty studios and say, well, maybe we can definitely scale that back. Like we Call of Duty is still going to be a juggernaut. It's not only a juggernaut because we have five support studios working on it or whatever it is. It will still sell millions and millions. And how about we chase that passion project for that one franchise that some people showed enthusiasm for that we're hoping we can bring back in some way like there's. The possibilities are kind of endless with this, not just of Activision IP that aren't being used anymore, but just, I mean, really kind of any Xbox IP as well. So I think that's what gets me the most excited, that we can pull off these teams that we don't need this team only making maps for Call of Duty. There's other purposes you can serve, um, and it's still going to sell millions anyway, so who cares? The Call of Duty portion of it is one of the things I'm most curious about, because I think you're absolutely right that it frees them up to go, hey, we don't have to we don't have to just churn out Call of Duty the way that Call of Duty has been churned out for the last decade and a half at this point. But there's also the other thing that I brought this up during uh, KFGD that you don't spend sixty eight billion dollars to buy Activision Blizzard and go, cool, now let's not make all that Call of Duty money. Right. Call of Duty is such a big money maker and Call of Duty is a big reason why they're actually worth that much. Right. And of course, there's also fucking like World of Warcraft and Blizzard and all the other things that, that they have going on. But Call of Duty is a core component of that. And it makes me wonder what the shift is going to be with Call of Duty, because we've seen in past years, Call of Duty has been kind of shaky. Right. Call of Duty, not, not just from the Activision Blizzard standpoint of it, from the Call of Duty Black Ops 4 not having a campaign because they weren't able to get together a campaign in time, so they just shipped it without a campaign portion of it, right? That was a a thing that happened, and it was a big signifier of, oh, shit, like, they don't always have their shit together, right? Uh, Black Ops what was the last Cold last Call of Duty was Vanguard uh two years ago I think it was Black Ops Cold War when that came out I think that was like out of order right because there's typically three studios that make Call of Duty and yeah they jumped one they 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 jumped one and I believe correct me if I'm wrong I believe that was be, just because of uh the difficulties they were having having developing the game and getting the game out the door so they had to switch things up Call of Duty I think was already kind of on uh, in a weird unstable place with what this yearly structure has been and. I, if I had to guess a move, the move I would guess would be to, cool, let's go back to uh, Call of Duty being the two biggest brands of Call of Duty, right? Let it be just Call of Duty Black Ops and Call of Duty Modern Warfare and ro- ro- rotate between the two and have it be similar to the Assassin's Creed uh, cadence of you're on, you're on, you're off. You're on, mm-hmm. you're on, you're off. And have it be a thing of, cool, there's two Call of Duties. You have Call of Duty Warzone, which is always ongoing. And then free up some of the other studios to work on more stuff for Microsoft. That way, you're not people aren't getting over Call of Duty, but people are also getting the Call of Duty stuff that they want the most, which I would say is probably Modern Warfare and Black Ops. 
I, I think that that's really interesting. And I, I also think that because of Game Pass, because of what that allows, the year on, year on, year on, year off could just be year and a half on, year and a half off, year and a half. Like it could just mm-hmm. be a, or a different cycle because games don't need to come out in November necessarily anymore. And yeah. especially when you have Game Pass, especially now when we're starting to get to a point where, like, cool, we have to wait for this to actually go through and all this to happen and, and whatever. But two years from now, we'll be at a place that these are all just Xbox Game Studios. What is the monthly release schedule going to look like for Xbox? Because they're going to be looking at that while giving the different developers autonomy to create what they want. There is going to still be the ringleader kind of looking at it all. Like, how does it all shake out? And what's crazy to me is like looking at what just happened the last couple of weeks. I would have never, ever, ever believed that they were going to launch Forza and Halo as close to each other as they did. But they did. And they're just like, yeah, and we're not done. We're just going to keep doing stuff and keep having third party shit and whatever. Like, it's crazy the world's changed i think i think what gets me so excited about this is um the development for these sort of annualized games or for year a year and a half annualized games whatever you want to call them to see the love and care and to see the amount that they listened to feedback for halo infinite and i know it's still not in a perfect spot but with how communicative they communicative they are and with a lot of the executives at Xbox seeing how important that community is to Halo Infinite and how it has continued to succeed in the game space as a multiplayer game. It didn't just come out and die on the vine after a couple of weeks. It is still being played by a lot of people. I really hope to see that love and care being put into Vanguard because, uh, or any Call of Duty franchise for that matter because we know that Vanguard is not in a great spot and... Even though it sells a whole lot, I don't ever I wouldn't have ever seen Activision really necessarily caring a whole lot that there is a negative viewpoint of it. Like, of course, the numbers are to me are kind of all that matter to Activision and they see that bottom line and they go, well, sure, we could fix it and we can try to, you know, oh, the QA team for Raven is still uh, well, whatever, you know, the the game is still selling. We'll let the QA team still continue to strike or whatever. But I see, like, I don't see that happening under an Xbox leadership. I don't see Phil Spencer seeing that happen and being cool with that. I feel like that is something, the culture that they've kind of shown what Halo and 343 can do, I really see those changes being implemented and hopefully kind of taken over a a lot of the other bigger studios. So that's what gets me really excited. Go ahead, Greg. Yeah, if I can, like the one thing, so I haven't got, we went around, is it good, is it bad, is it, you know, wait to be see. Obviously, the answer is it's a wait and see. What you, We don't know. You're hypothesizing. We're all hypothesizing going with this. I would, if I if you eliminate wait and see, you have to put your chips on the table. You have to back one. Is it good or is it bad? I would say it's pretty much all upside that it's good, a good bad. thing. Good bad. <laughs> good bad. It's good. It's bad. It's bad. No, it's all upside. It's all good because I think on the immediate thing we've already covered to death, so I won't do it. It's the fact that all right, cool. The toxic leadership looks like they're going to be gone, and you'll have Phil Spencer and an Xbox team that's trying to be, be better in the industry. That's great for the workers. However, I would take it then to what you're getting from games and where the games industry is at, specifically Activision, right? Where we can sit there and talk about the fact that Activision pretty much just makes call of duty gary called this out when we looked at the graphic earlier today on games daily right that it's a bunch of blizzard games up there and then activision right activision just makes call of duty so even if just toys for bob gets to go do something else even if just a small team from raven gets to go do something else 
that they want to do that a project they've been stewing on blah, blah you're getting more out of them than just another call of duty and to tim's point like no one is going to hold them theoretically to an annualized schedule there that they can make these call of duties and they can make them when they want and they can make it all work together go that way the other thing i think that gets lost is yes uh, consolidation is scary especially when we talk about something as big a biggest a, a player that is as big as activision blizzard right however what and i'm not trying to throw shade because i know there are so many days but like what were the innovations and in games coming out of activision blizzard that we were holding on to there's a legacy for blizzard obviously there's legacy for activision i'm not even trying to take shots at but when you look at the list that went up there of starcraft and diablo and overwatch and call of duty and candy crush and stuff like that these are great games to some regard varying levels right but they're also ones that you look at and you go okay well how many of them were just on pc or how many of them uh have just been call of duty how many of them are just mobile i think them going to xbox means they're going to go to more places i think you're going to see those pc games come to xbox and go there i think you're going to see uh you know call of duty get more time it'll be on less platforms but it'll get more time it may be a better product in that way i think it's a, a nuanced conversation but to sit here and talk about consolidation makes it sound like Activision was putting out hundreds of games uh, you know, that are all different, that are all these different scopes and slides and scales and stuff like that, when I really don't think that's what the company was doing. And I think it's in a different place as an industry and a bit blinders on not to stop and look and go, well, let's look at, you know, what we've defined as quote unquote indie for so long. And indie, of course, when it originally started was it's going to be an 8-bit platformer made by some guys in a garage to where <laughs> an independent studio is a different thing these days. It can be hundreds of people. It can be a big thing. It can be tiny too. It can be somewhere in between. It can be all these different things. But we are inundated every day with games that are multi-platform, that are everywhere, or sign the exclusivity deal and do Game Pass exclusive or do PlayStation Plus exclusive for a set amount of time before they go everywhere else. Like, it's scary to think of consolidation. It's scary to think of something as big as an Activision Blizzard going. But I think when you actually sit there and talk about what games are under the Activision Blizzard banner, I'm not saying who cares about them. I'm saying there's tons, hundreds, thousands more out there that are games like Chicory, that are games like Nobody Saves the World, that are these games that maybe they have an exclusivity deal for, window for a while are still out there. Tim, I'm sorry. I saw your hand go up. Uh, no, I just uh, to talk about the, the games in the catalog that they have, like looking at Activision's uh, Wikipedia, the list of games they've released. Like it is ridiculous to see the stark contrast between the games released from 2010 to 2019. And then from 2020 to 2021, looking at that tail end of like just starting at like 2017 and going down to see the varied games that they would release and just get more trickled down to just Call of Duty. That's pretty sure, sure, much sure. it. Like in 2020, it's a little cheap to say that because 2020 wasn't that long ago. Uh, I mean, I guess it was at this point, but like they did Tony Hawk, they did Crash Bandicoot, they did Spyro. But then since then, it's just Call of Duty, Call of Duty, Call of Duty. And it's like, and I mean, that's not a bad thing. And I, I do want it to defend Call of Duty. Like you were talking about innovation and all this stuff. And, uh, Innovation might not necessarily be the right word, but they definitely, I mean, Call of Duty, Call of Duty innovated video games in, in a bazillion different ways. I don't even need to talk about. We all understand that, but they've continued to kind of iterate and kind of create something that is like AAA on a whole different level. And like to see what Warzone has done in a post Fortnite world is absolutely incredible. And if that were to just be kind of refined, I mean, it's just the fact that like, our guys love playing it as much as they do i think sure. is a testament to the quality of the game where it's almost belittling to just be like oh it's just call of duty it's just one of the best gaming experiences out there you know and like maybe not for me but 
the numbers don't lie at, at, at some point, like the quality is there. And even something like Vanguard, it's like, I feel like it comes out and granted Vanguard's in a very different situation because so many people wouldn't even give it the time of day because of the trash motherfuckers that are surrounding it. Right? Like everything's just so bad there that the idea of a call of duty campaign that can be made without that layer of filth on top of it, and with better leadership and just kind of like what story do you want to tell i think that that is incredibly exciting and likely with this plan bless yeah and i mean and, and to bring it back right in terms of what i'm talking about with corporate consolidation i think when you look at the actual context of it being activision blizzard and activision xbox it is exactly what you're talking about greg in terms of it's it's upside in this particular situation when i talk about corporate co consolidation i'm talking about it generally as an idea i don't like and i also don't like the fact that this is what it took to make Activision Blizzard better, right? This is this is this is the solution that is happening in order to grant them the freedom to be able to to have that time, to be able to have that 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 um, uh, freedom to make the games they want, in order to have that be the the better working environment. I would have preferred it be something else. I would prefer it being not a gigantic Microsoft, maybe another either another company or like I would I would prefer the love to get spread in a way where it's not. Okay, now this uh, $68 billion corporation gets put into this even more expensive corporation to sure. make this happen. I think it's I think it's just a sad solution to it. Going off of that, I mean it's interesting to think about the other guys now, right? Where we have like that that list that I was, was saying from uh Daniel Ahmad, like Tencent at number one, right? Like I feel like if this news was Tencent acquired Activision this conversation would be a little different than we're having right now, right? Like, it, mm -hmm. like, I don't think that we're celebrating acquisition. I think that for those of us that are, we're celebrating Microsoft acquiring um, and what that actually means. And again, we we're talking yeah. about context and all that stuff earlier, but going down from Sony being number two at 22 and then Nintendo at 15, both of those surprised me. And like, to, to different extents like we know that the switch is like selling ridiculously well the playstation 5 literally can't stay on shelves it's this 500 thing that people are buying and buying the games and the numbers come with that there the proof is there with the sales numbers for all of the core first party titles from sony like when horizon forbidden west comes out uh next month it's oh, gonna so cross close. it's gonna cross 10 million right in there, sale. that's crazy you know, like that's those are insane, unheard of numbers like that. We're getting to the point that Sony is creating first party titles that can rival sales of something like a Call of Duty. And that that is insane. It was what keep is keeping them in the race. What's up, Les? I, I feel like we're, we're about to shift into the, the PlayStation side of things in the conversation. And that's actually a, the other half of my like why I think it's a bad thing uh, that I, I left out that I didn't that I didn't get to is that I think the exclusive side sides of it get pretty weird and pretty like oh man this kind of sucks for the playstation audience of people who you know show up they you buy a ps5 because you love call of duty you buy a ps5 because you love overwatch and you're looking forward to overwatch 2 and then have these things ripped away from you and i know part of that the big part of it is that is the industry and there's always been exclusives and this is anything new and the same thing happened with bethesda uh i think when it comes to uh, with the Beth bethesda thing i think I, I felt a similar way and i think i feel even more so with call of duty that I don't know. Like I, I look back at me in in high school and college, only having only getting to have a PlayStation, right? Or only having the money to afford a PlayStation, and having certain games that I look forward to, or having like I guess this is a little bit later in the college for me, but having Rise of the Tomb Raider get announced as exclusive to Xbox for that period of time, and me as somebody who couldn't afford an Xbox, going, ah shit, I love the first Tomb Raider. I guess I'm not going to play Rise of the Tomb Raider. Well. 
I'm just I, I'm just not gonna play it, right? There are so many people who I imagine are in that bucket of people who are big fans of Call of Duty, who are big fans of these games that now just don't get to play these games uh, uh, on the only platform that they own. Granted, the upside of it being Xbox is there is Game Pass and there is PC yeah. and there is streaming. But well, like I, I don't good know news, for, bless. I don't know for overall all the way there yet where people have a gaming PC, right? Or everybody has were- a way to interact with it. Yeah, I think we're gonna get there soon with streaming, but. I do think there's that still there's still we're still in that gray area where the Xbox dream hasn't become the Xbox dream yet I, of what they what they envision. I understand that argument. Don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. And I get it. But like you said, exclusives have existed forever. I'm not going to toss it out. For me, I don't totally vibe with that argument holding water in the fact that this isn't happening tomorrow. It's the fact that like this is going to be a glacial process, right? Before this happens, it's the same thing where I think Starfield is really that first, like, oh shit, do you, how much do you care about Bethesda? Is it, you know what I mean? And like, obviously, you want to sit there and be like, wow, I want to play Horizon, I want to do this, I want to do that, so I want my PlayStation for those reasons. It becomes that push and pull, but it's the same push and pull I feel like we had when I was a Sega kid and my friends were Nintendo kids. And granted, not exactly the same. We're talking about acquisitions that have come after the fact, and yada yada yada. This isn't like and this isn't Mario Sonic, where it's like you know homegrown IP from it. But I think that they're giving you enough time to see the train coming down the tracks. That if you need to switch over, if you need to, I, how much do either of them matter to you? You know, we have an expensive hobby. We've all known that, and so it. Don't get me wrong. It in that yes. Bottom line, it sucks if you are a PlayStation gamer and you're like. Fuck, I only ever wanted to own a PlayStation, but I feel like you're saying there are avenues outside of it. You wouldn't have you won't be able to buy a PS5 in 2023 either. So like <laughs> who cares? Um no no no. I, I'm I do side a bit more with Blessing here because I, I don't think this is like the perfect comparison, but this is like if Xbox said, Hey, Sony users, uh Madden's only gonna be on Xbox from here on out. Or 2K is only gonna be on Xbox from here on out. Like Call of Duty is that type of game where it reaches beyond the people that are going for the Last of Us gamers or the people that are playing um, that are going to play Avowed from Obsidian in the future. You know, even Bethesda games, you know. Yeah, exactly. Like like Call of Duty is the type of game that my cousin will buy a console for, play the game, and that's the only game that he'll ever play on that thing. Will he buy Xbox now? I, I I don't know. Like I, I at this See, point, would, like maybe I he would venture to guess that he will know. in the future. I would venture to guess that he will in the future, especially right now. If you're sit, if we're sitting here and in, I'm projecting on your cousin what I I assume he knows that it doesn't have a PlayStation Five that he's rocking a PlayStation Four in this in this scenario. I don't know if they play on PlayStation in general, but I would think that's what this is and why it's a smart move for Microsoft. Of like, all right, cool, let's put more weight on the scale that when you sit there and you go, what's the next gen console I want to get? Well, I have the s which is you know cheaper than all of them i have i can go to the xbox series x i can get a playstation but what are the pros cons what's in the back of the box remember you used to buy the console and had all the games laid out on it like don't get me wrong i'm not i'm I, not saying why it's okay or the, like yeah. why. i'm just saying it feels it feels dirtier when it is we're going to take this from you to do that as opposed to like sure. and i'll go on, again i think i feel like what i'm saying we're is speculating a lot well, we're, speculating. we're, we're oh, talking yeah. about stuff that isn't even fully cemented or whatever but um I would feel a lot more okay with this if we were in between console cycles. If maybe the series consoles and the PS5s had not come out yet, I feel like I would be a lot better about that because some people will buy one console for the next six, seven, eight years and not think about getting an extra console. And if those people just bought a PS5, if they were able to get one, um, 
you may not have Call of Duty in next year or the year after that, you know? The one yeah. thing I, I, I've seen a lot of people going around uh, being like, uh, and this is, a fun, I think, a funny take. It's not wholly wrong or anything like that. It's just funny. Of like, man, it just sucks that PlayStation built this armada of uh, uh, studios and great games and great IP, and Xbox's answer is to buy things away to try to build their own, right? And I think in the chat right now, the live one, DeVinster says, this whole time people have been saying we have no reason for having an Xbox platform. Xbox's goal here is to make you enter the Xbox ecosystem. Uh, we've been asking for years what would make us do just that, and here we are. And again, like, yeah, they didn't create right? Call of Duty. They didn't <laughs> do the thing, but they fucking threw some money at it and got it and are trying to give you a reason to go buy that system or get on Xbox Game Pass at least. But my thing is, like, and of course, we're making a lot of assumptions here, but I assume that they're going to make these properties better and they're going to be better because they're quote unquote exclusive and tied to the thing because somebody cares about making them better on this specific platform. This reminds me a lot of the argument of the, the streaming wars that are happening uh, between Disney Plus and HBO Max and Netflix and all this stuff. And the conversation I see constantly about cable coming up about, well, back in my day, like we had to pay $150 a month or whatever. And we're back to doing that. I thought we cut the cord, but here we are. It's like, well, the difference is you're getting more high quality content than you ever were before on cable because all these people are competing and it's not just HBO bringing HBO quality shows. Now they're everywhere. They're on Disney plus they're on Netflix. Like the game has changed in terms of content. There are more good shows coming out every single month and movies coming to streaming platforms than entire years uh, that we used to have. The same is happening on the gaming side of things. And I think that the idea of, well, you might need to buy another console. It's like, well, yeah, but you're going to be getting a, a way more exclusive high quality content than we've ever gotten before. Uh, in gaming history if you were to do that and investing in playstation will get you the litany of first party titles that we can expect quality from because they've built us to, up to expect that and they've earned our trust in the same way that xbox has earned my trust over the last five years to be able to create extremely quality uh content at a very quick clip using game pass which is the lowest barrier to entry we've ever had uh with inflation and all this stuff when it comes to consoles when the n64 was out it was 150 dollars. that sounds like nothing <laughs> compared to the 500 people are paying for consoles now right but like that's what it would cost to just get the new console and then you add playstation you add all this other stuff there was exclusives and there was no other way to play it it was a cartridge or a cd Things have changed now, and with Xbox, they're clearly trying to be able to make as many people able to play games as possible. And when it comes to Game Pass being as cheap as it possibly can be uh, for people, and if you can't afford that, that's unfortunate. Like, that is a problem. But even then, they try their best to have free trials. They, they have so many deals. They have so many different things you can get on, and they're going to continue to do that. Like, we can't just look at it and be like, Oh man, if you bought a PS5, you made a bad call. No, if you bought a PS5, you're about to have an amazing amount of games coming out the next couple of years. They're going to make that worth it. But also, if you're jealous and you want the Xbox experience, which you probably should, there are five different ways to get into that ecosystem if you don't already have a, a gaming PC or whatever. So it's like, I think the argument that like, oh, not everyone has a gaming PC, it's a little like short-sighted because the reality is, Xbox knows that and Xbox wants everyone on Game Pass. They want Game Pass everywhere. And I guarantee in the same way that this news took the world by storm today, like how did all of us not know this? How do we not know anyone that knew this news? You know what I mean? I guarantee there's conversations going on with every major TV uh, provider, every manufacturer for smart devices and stuff to get Xbox Game Pass literally everywhere. 
including PlayStation, including Nintendo. Those conversations might not turn into something, but they're happening. I guarantee it. On the OUYA. I've been waiting. A reason to dust it off, you know? <laughs> you put it on the little play date, you know what I mean? <laughs> I can't wait for the little play date. Put hey, do you mean you're going to play the play date? It's going to be a fun time. We're going to we'll have a play date. We're going to crank it together. Let's crank it together. Uh-huh. Jesus God. So, <laughs> taking this conversation in a slightly different way, so we're talking a little bit just about the PlayStation thing, and I'm sure on PS I Love You and many other shows, we're going to be talking about like, what can PlayStation do to compete? All that different stuff. I don't want to do that here. Uh, I want to talk about things like Ubisoft and EA. I, I hope no first thing I thought them. of. I hope here, I, as we as we've been talking about Bethesda and, and Activision Blizzard, uh, a, a thing that popped in my into my head was the third party library of games and how I guess for, for me as somebody who plays a lot on PlayStation, right? Like I'm playing a lot of play. I'm play, I love PlayStation for the first party, obviously, but for me, I do think I gravitate. I don't gravitate to first party like as as I think as much as compared to like other PlayStation gamers where I my historically for the last generation I spent a lot of my times a lot of my time with like Bethesda games right or even with like some Ubisoft games some EA games but um I feel like if if one or the other right if Microsoft or PlayStation were to acquire a Ubisoft or Bethesda I would be kind of bummed out by it you, you know even me as a PlayStation person if they if PlayStation acquired Ubisoft or or, uh, or EA yeah. I'd be I, I I don't know. I don't think that's the right move. I think that is. I think it's it's a business move for sure, and I think it's a, a thing that would work out for them having more studios to work with. But I, I I think it still falls into my thing of like corporate consolidation and how I I think that's when we start to get into okay, so no games are third party anymore. No games are coming out on on all these platforms anymore when everything gets bought up. Greg, <sighs> like. That's, a, you know, people are like, oh man, it's it's scary. I've seen that go around today of Microsoft, you know, having Bethesda and now having uh, Activision Blizzard. And what's scarier, I feel, is then the arms race you're in now of like, okay, cool, but what does that do to an EA, to a Ubisoft? What kind of, you know, uh, uh, target does it put on their back that way? What do you have from PlayStation now feeling like they have to respond to that? They have to go out and do that? Was that ever, you know, does this at all shake up their strategy over there for Jim Ryan and Herman, right? Where they, it was this always, if they go out and they were to buy one of those companies or even Konami, which I see get thrown around a lot, right? If you were to go out and acquire something like that, was that always the plan or are you doing it now because we're suddenly in a game of monopoly where it's like, well, fuck, I got to buy whatever I land on, on the board. I need property. I need things here. And so even if PlayStation didn't do that, is that still Microsoft's plan? Is Microsoft's plan still to keep acquiring huge uh, third parties and get stuff into the uh, chamber that nobody else can? I don't know. You know, and you look at Ubisoft and how they fought off of Vendi. I remember when I was like, that's a done deal. Vivendi's got them. And they were able to change perception, you know, change the way they made games and get out from under that. But then there's been more scuttlebutt. That's the best move for them. <laughs> like I know that time we we celebrated that, uh, but like at the end of the day, it's like, ooh, was that maybe? Uh, what if Marvel Universe? Yeah. Let's... <laughs> I love I love some of the, I love the Assassin's Creed of late, so I would say yes. But who knows? Uh, oh, I just meant for culture. <laughs> I meant like oh yeah. for culture. Just... I apologize. I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Well, who knows there? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what that means for them. I think that there's ongoing conversations now at all these places. And I think it, you know, it goes up to such a different thing. I've seen today already with this Activision stuff, the comments from Bobby Kodak saying like, 
this has nothing to do with what with what's happened recently. These were conversations that started a long time ago, and then like unnamed sources being like, well, Phil was pretty sure because of everything that happened, they'd be able to get this. And of course, there was pressure then of the stockholders, right, when they went there. And you, we have a quote pulled up here. Which one's this? I can't. Let me open it up. This is the screenshot from uh, Jason Schreier. Oh, Jason Schreier from the Bloomberg reporting, right? Yeah. In an interview with Kodak, uh, I'm sorry, in an interview, Kodak said the deal has nothing to do with the controversy surrounding Activision or calls for him to step down and that Spencer reached out to him last year. Person familiar with the discussions who was not authorized to speak publicly said Microsoft looked at Activision's situation. I like the situation. Uh, given all the negative attention and pressure on Kodak like on that. <laughs> and wondered if the beleaguered CEO would be willing to do a deal. Kodak initially didn't want to sell according to another person familiar with the talks and also put the word out to see if any other company would outbid Microsoft. But at that point, Kodak had little leverage with his board amid the ongoing public scrutiny at his company. And so if that's to be believed, which I think it is, you then take it into consideration when you think of a Ubisoft or an EA or, you know, I guess there's not many other big third parties to toss out there and be like, this is almost a very specific situation, right? This is a not once in a lifetime thing, but like there was extenuating circumstances here that made this more than just Microsoft being like, let's buy Activision. And then it was very much like bloods in the water, right? Uh, Codex weak right now. The stockholders would like to just get this done with and make their profit and get on. Why not go for it? And so what that means for Ubisoft and EA, I think it's hard to say right now, where I don't think EA is in that turmoil. Ubisoft is in and out of it. And you figure maybe with, you know, Activision, if they can get rid of all the toxic leadership there and then get that fixed, maybe then eyes are back on Ubisoft. But we'll have to wait and see. Last of Us Factions, it's your time to stand up, baby. This is the (laughs) multiplayer that PlayStation owners are going to be going for. Can you imagine, though, being EA and being like, hey, Guess what? Call of Duty players, Battlefield is better than back and better than ever. And it's just not. And that that's <laughs> not. Tim, go ahead, Tim. Yeah. No, I mean Greg's saying that uh that EA and Ubisoft are kind of like the, the the big ones. It's like when you really look at the industry of where it's at now, it's like, yes, Ubisoft and EA and formerly Activision, or I guess currently for now, are kind of in a league of their own there. Like I would put Nintendo uh, above them and, and PlayStation, obviously, and then below that, Capcom and Square. There's and take then two as well. Be- take two is like I, I would even put as like a different category altogether. Yeah. Like that almost feels like a vertical to its to its own, mm-hmm. more similar to a ten cent or something like that. Um, but because the thing about take two is it doesn't feel like there's like a uh, cohesion between their brands and their IP and their developers and all that stuff. Like it, it seems messier than Ubisoft, where it's like there's Ubisoft games, right. you know, or there's th- whatever. And then you go down to things like like Sega, Konami, whatever. All of them have different kind of pros cons and value to them and at this point i think that as gamers we can all kind of unanimously say someone should buy konami because konami's yes, not please. doing shit yeah. right um so it's like konami like wherever that goes at least there would be people working on all these the ip that we love so much but then you start like looking up the the rest of the list like it does get really kind of messy and complicated because even looking like a ubisoft right now you, of course, if Microsoft could get them, I'm sure they'd want to, right? So many talented people there, so many, so much IP, so much quality titles on an annual basis, all of that. But they do have their deal with Game Pass and uh, UB Play or whatever it is, right? On the EA side, they do have their deal with EA Origin and all this. Like, th- it's already the benefits are already kind of there in a roundabout way, which is interesting to see that we don't necessarily need acquisitions for Xbox to be gaining a foothold in. And that's 
all of this. And that's why it's interesting to see it go this way. Again, Activision, I think, is a very specific case as we just went through. But it did seem like partnerships were going to be the thing going forward. As you've seen, yeah, Ubisoft do this lately and then EA before them. But even Ubisoft, right, has partnered up and has the Amazon Luna channel. Like, they're out there Mm -hmm. pushing that thing. They're getting their brand there. They're going by the old adage, right, that we try to, which is, of course, you know, you can't direct someone to a .com anymore. You need to push be where their eyes are. And so you see Ubisoft chasing that, you see EA chasing that, and that's the way to actually grow the business and keep it healthy and hopefully keep yourself out of an acquisition state. And so, yeah, like you look at them, but I don't know if they're, and obviously nobody's clearly, nobody's too big to be purchased anymore. But it's like, if you would have listed off all these things, companies, yeah, you would have been like, oh, like who's going to get bought by either Microsoft or Sony? It'd be like, oh, Konami for sure. Isn't there Sega for sure? Like there's a whole bunch Square. of people in there. I can see. Well, who? Square. Said, wham <laughs> i was like who's wham <laughs> yeah square right yeah there's a i mean in- inevitably square and capcom are gonna get bought and konami i think all three will be bought by somebody and i think a, uh, another interesting thing to bring up is those are japanese companies whereas like all these big ones we're talking about are western companies so far like even like bethesda there's just like a different kind of culture when it comes to these things and and uh how games are made and all of that and i i'm very interested in the the fact that it seems like right now the western companies are all kind of being acquired in together with microsoft meanwhile nintendo sony capcom square all all the japanese companies are doing their own thing does that remain does that last i think it does for a while but i just think it's an interesting thing to kind of point and out that, and think about. That, that's the question that i've been wondering if like if they continue in the steps that they've been making of continuing to purchase uh, Western uh, publishers or developers, because there's the big question today. Does this, you know, uh, raise any red flags for antitrust and all that stuff? Mm-hmm. When does it get to that point? <laughs> you know, because like the, the conversation for the last five minutes has just made me so depressed of just like just seeing all of these companies just be whittled away and just thinking about how it's just gonna it's gonna come down to two or three companies in the next 10 years and that just for it's a very depressing thought to have so i'm just wondering yeah. if, it, if it ever but stops. again and i know it sounds like stupid probably and it's too rosy to some degree remember that if these like what are what are we talking about right like let's let's we've just gone through ea ubisoft uh square uh you know sega like what are we talking about? We're talking about dinosaurs from a bygone era. And I'm not trying to be like, burn the whole industry, let's start over kind of shit. But it is that thing of like, there's for there's people like me that are like, oh, a Ubisoft game, cool, an open world checklist, that's dope. And I, I'm interested to play that. It's not gonna be game of the year, but I'm interested to play it for 30 hours, never finish it and move on and you know talk about it here and there. But there's other people like, oh, I'd never fucking play that kind of shit. Blah, 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 I'm over it. Like, there's this whole thing of, I feel like we get so caught up in these names that have been around our entire lives that yes, they have cachet and they mean something and they're, they're pillars of the industry. But like, I'd be more like, there's still so many other things happening. So many other ideas, uh, so many creative ideas coming from the independent space that, I mean, yeah, we can sit here and it's like, almost like when Warner brothers games, you know, almost got sold a while back and all these different things. It's like, Oh man, that'd be terrifying. But like, wouldn't it be cool? It's kind of like Marvel game, Marvel games, right? Where it's like, yeah, but isn't it cool that they're like going to people and giving, you know, all these different partners room to play, I guess just Insomniac for the most part, but room to play <laughs> with these things. Like there's good, there's pros, there's cons, there's everything else. I don't think it's worth being I depressed about it. Yes. I don't think it's worth being depressed about it as much as it is just like, the industry's drastically changed than from where I, when I started in 2007, covering it professionally, let alone playing it. And I don't, in a, in a world where, 
all you need is a license you can go in from playstation or xbox or you know 99 what i don't even know if it's still is 99 dollars to get an app store developer kit right like People are making awesome shit and they don't need these giant third-party publishers anymore. The reason third-party publishers are falling away and being purchased are not being looked at to be like the pillars of where your game of the year is coming from is because it's exactly what we're talking about with all this uh, Bobby Kotick and Activision shit where it's like, cool, we just need to make fucking money. That's what we're in this to do, make fucking money. And this isn't new news, right? I, I tweeted this out as a joke earlier, but it's a real story from 2008. Why Activision dumped Sierra games. Activision Blizzard boss Bobby Kotick has explained that the various Sierra, parentheses, Vivendi games were dumped for not exhibiting, quote, potential to be exploited every year across every platform, end quote. Potential to be exploited every year across every platform. This is not a man or a company who gave a flying fuck about the art of video games. He wants to make a buck for his shareholders and everything else. And that isn't at all unique to him. Phil and Xbox are doing amazing things right now. They want to see a return. Microsoft wants to see a return, yada, yada, yada. And don't get me wrong. The other end of the spectrum, when you have an independent developer, and I will say them again because we keep using them today, Drinkbox, nobody saves the world. They want to make money on their game, but they also want to do something cool. And so there's that ebb and flow where clearly with an Activision, you can go too far one direction. And clearly with a failed company that is just putting something out that never gets purchased while I go another direction. I just don't think it's the end-all be-all that these big dinosaurs are falling. Yeah, I, I understand, Barrett, why, why you might feel like because I get the same way. I can kind of immediately and go I, to and like... And I'm not talking about like, uh, like oh, it's so sad that these old companies are, are going... Oh, I know. Like, I'm... It's more of just like the implications of like what late-stage capitalism is doing to a lot of things and now sure. it, how it's breaching and affecting our industry as a whole right now. And that's just more of the ether that I am in and that I've been in all day. Well, I mean, at, at the end of the day, Barrett, you know, the fucking ocean tides are going to rise in 60 years we're all going to be dead bared think about that so that's crazy but uh every i think i'd be a lot more sad if the, if the acquisitions that we were hearing about were similar to like what ea did with origin back in the day or or ea shutting down visceral like i think mm. hearing mm. about smaller studios getting shut down by bigger corporations is what kind mm. of is what I think would be more of a sad thing. Like if Xbox was acquiring Activision Blizzard and then said, hey, by the way, all your other studios, gone. Getting rid of you all. Like if that were the story, I think there'd be a lot more reason uh, to feel that sort of doom and gloom scenario. But I'm kind of more with Greg on this one where, um, I, yeah, I just, I just think about these old studios and I don't really necessarily think that... Uh, like, what are we necessarily losing um, aside from, you know, the will to live, Barrett? You know, I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I get, but again, it's less about what we're losing and more about the continued power that we're, we're giving very, very, very little uh, few companies. Yeah. And I, and I, and I think that's where I, I agree with Barrett is that I think once we start sweeping away third parties under three big corporations, that's where things feel that's where i feel like things are kind of dying in terms of like the, the vibrancy of the video games industry i understand what you're talking about greg in terms of 
like things aren't vibrant as they are when you look at like the issues that we have at ubisoft and college and um, activision and when you look at like konami not even putting out games anymore with them holding on to the metal gear ip and all this other shit that's going on i think we're in a not to be depressing right i think we're kind of in a lose-lose in terms of each and any other way and so like the way that the 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 exciting thing that, that, I think that makes Xbox acquiring Activision and acquiring companies the exciting thing, because at least right now, at the very least, we we trust Microsoft um, uh, with these companies. But like when we talk about EA and uh, Square Enix in these companies, right? Like the thought of, because I know we're going to have this conversation, it's probably going to be the next PS love you, of how does PlayStation respond? Because I don't think PlayStation sits here, watches Microsoft acquire Bethesda last year, watches Microsoft acquire Activision Blizzard and go, all right, cool. Let's announce another partnership with Jade. It's like, no, you guys are going <laughs> to fucking buy people. <laughs> and I, when when PlayStation inevitably buys a, uh, uh, when they buy a Square Enix or they buy a Ubisoft, I do think that PlayStation operates different from Microsoft, where PlayStation, I think, will be hands-on and PlayStation will convert those publishers and companies and studios into PlayStation Studios-type studios, which could be a good thing, could be a bad thing, depending on, do you it's like those studios thing. already? <laughs> I, uh, is it? Maybe. Yes, you know, it like, is. I, do we I like playing that's... quality video games? Yes, we do. <laughs> Right. I, 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 think right. that, I think there's a deeper conversation there, but I do understand where Tim comes from in terms of we see PlayStation Studios as being the pinnacle of putting out quadruple A like, uh, video games. And so, like, do you want every video game to be that? Sure. Why not? But I do think that there is a it's a, it's a slippery slope of, OK, cool. Now everything is under the vision of like PlayStation, Xbox or Nintendo. And now you do come, you, you do everything falls under these three creative visions or three, I guess, uh, corporate visions of how these studios operate. And that's about it. And again, that is very like, I, it, it is me pushing things to the greatest degree. Indies do exist. Other studios will always exist, right? There's plenty of studios still making vid- video games. But I think uh, the the business conversation gets me more anxious than like the pure creative conversation. I think the creative conversation is fun. The business conversation and talking about the monopolization of the, of the, of the industry and like, turning these studios into or these uh, uh, corporations into pure chess pieces so they can fucking like sell and buy each other is the thing that makes me go is this okay is this right because something about this feels wrong and again i'm not a business person i can't narrow down exactly why it feels that way it just feels that way to me i I just want to say the companies are the the third parties are now already beheld in two the other guys to playstation and, and xbox so it's not a nintendo it's not like they're not already in control of that shit. Uh, we we got to wrap up the, the show pretty soon. But Andy, what's up? I just want to say something really quick that I, I don't think it's unnatural to feel that way. Blessing. And I think a lot of us felt that way when Disney bought Fox um, mm. uh, after, you know, Disney had just bought Star Wars uh, about, you know, eight years prior to that or whatever it was. Um, and since Disney purchased Fox, I was still like. You know, th- I'm kind of worried about this. And then I saw New Mutants and I was like, this is the right choice. We deserve <laughs> to live under this. We deserve to live under this society. That's all I had to say. Uh, That's all I got to say. And with that, I'm sure we're going to be talking about this for many, many years to come. Because uh, this is just beginning now. And honestly, I don't expect to see much or hear much about these uh, anything official Ooh. of this happening for, for at least six months if not longer uh but let us know in the comments below what you think about all of this stay tuned to ps i love you and especially xcast later this week uh where mike gary and paris i'm sure we're gonna get all into their thoughts on this entire thing i recommended you go listen to games daily i still do it was a fantastic episode so much to talk about until next time i love you all goodbye